Welcome to Let's Talk Computers and Internet with BLH Computers in Springfield, Jacksonville, and Taylorville. Call now, 629-7970 for answers to your questions about computers, hardware, software, and the latest electronic gadgets, go, go gadget mobile. gizmos, and games. Let's Talk Computers and Internet with BLH Computers on 927-WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome to Let's Talk Computers and Internet with BLH. I got Bull in the studio. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Can, awesome. can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. Okay, I can't hear myself, so... Uh, yeah, ev- everything's there. We go. Everything's going great. We have our recycling event is in Litchfield today, so it's a, a decently sized one. It's one of our bigger ones until the fall. We have a little little bit smaller ones until we take our break for the summer, uh, which is usually. Uh, I think it's about mid-June all oh. the way through till like August or something. Uh, Brian and Leo, they don't want to hold recycling events when it gets really, really hot outside. That's, I can't that's imagine a lot, why. <laughs> that's a lot more difficult to, you know, oh, protect yeah. our our workers. Um, so well, yeah, they, and you don't want to be, you don't want to get them overheated and all yeah, that mm-hmm. because, because yeah, you got to really pay attention when it gets starts getting to those scorching temperatures yep. outside. You want to make sure you're well, you know, yep. hydrated. I guess would be the right word. <laughs> yep. So right now is uh, April is the perfect month to do any kind of spring cleaning. Not only is it spring, but it is Earth Month. Earth 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 Day was, I think it was last Last Saturday, as a matter of fact. So uh, we, uh, like I predicted, we actually had a very busy day of recycling last Saturday. Awesome. We had quite a bit of people bring in, um, just mentioning that it's Earth Day, got people, you know, up and wanting to move and clean out their uh, garages and, yeah, closets and bring that stuff to us. Which I failed to do yet. I I started working on it last year and then I got lazy and I have yet to do my spring cleaning this It happens. This and that's year. actually, it's funny that because of that, not necessarily saying you, but just everybody just kind of kind of puts things off from time to time, especially something like electronic recycling, if you're not 100% sure where it goes. And I'm always surprised that we have been doing these recycling events for over 10 years at this point, and we still keep getting, uh, uh, you know, an adequate amount of electronic waste from these events to keep, I mean, we've, we're oh. double booked some of these weekends. It's kind of mind-blowing how much electronic electronic waste we as just a, a, a species are able to create and the electronic waste has become so much more so much tinier so right. much more compact so much more uh, efficient in itself so uh, for us to still be getting the same amount of weight of LCD TVs that we were getting of CRT TVs which are quite a bit heavier oh, yeah. uh, it just shows that we are we are a very consumer based uh, species oh yeah for yeah for for sure, and I I get to the point too, you know, where where because it's smaller, I think I pack it, I yeah. pack more yep. before I decide to go ahead and recycle it. Or to also too, like with an old laptop or computer, I'm like, well, I think there might be a document on there yeah. that I might want that I didn't back up, or it might be a photo on there I want and I didn't back up. Yeah, everything you know? has data on it. It has oh, personal yeah. information on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, anything like that for people who have concerns, you can bring it to us. We can at least make an attempt to recover that data for you to pull it off of it and transfer it to we have thousands of flash drives available for sale Um, oh yeah yeah, we got a a crazy amount of them in and each one that we are selling miguel our head lab tech he is trying to recover data off of them he has not been successful in a single attempt which is great that's what you want yeah (laughs) well we're uh 
we wipe the data as well. Sure. So these were given to us as blank. He's trying to recover data to make sure that they were wiped appropriately to see if we need to run them through our data wiping stuff. I got you. And so far, yeah, he hasn't been able to recover anything. So they're completely and totally devoid of any type of information. We have those available for sale. We pulled. We can try and pull the documents off of uh, yeah. uh, uh, quite a few different devices that store personal data and sure. transfer it onto some kind of flash drive. And then we can recycle those components if you're done with them. And yeah. we are certified in data destruction. So anything that would be uh, remaining on that device is either wiped three separate times or more than likely it's going to be physically destroyed. We're to the point now where we're using solid states and uh, MSATA and NVMe drives in specific. Um, Most of the time when those fail, they're just dead. They're completely and totally dead. There's really not a whole lot of reusability to them almost at all. So uh, there's really... uh, Most of the older IDE oh, and yeah. SATA drives that come in, we just physically destroy them. We, I don't, there's I don't, no reuse to them. I, I don't blame you really. because the, the solid states, I mean, just 100% speed. Oh, yeah. I mean, just a speed difference. Yeah. I, I think I said this a few weeks ago. You know, you have the the, main, the mechanical drives like you were just talking about, and it felt like it, the computer took 10, 15 minutes yep. just to boot up, and you go to a solid state drive, and it's like 30 seconds. Yep. That, that's the difference. I mean, you, you notice it. Difference. Yeah, those hard disk drives, like the name implies, there's three records inside of it, three physical actual disks that spin at several thousand revolutions per minute. So it takes energy and time for that to at least spin up to get to the point where it can read the data as if it was on a record player. Whereas solid states, they're just uh, they're just chips on a board. So they're just cells inside these chips that store the data. So it's not there's no physical components that need to move or anything like that. Um, so they are they're a lot more secure. They're a lot more reliable. Uh, unfortunately, when they fail, they are complete, oh, yeah. usually completely and totally gone. Um, but we are constantly preaching to have a backup of some oh, sort. For sure. It, it's always good to have a, a couple couple yeah. backups, actually. Yeah, I like so, having a couple backups in like my physical location as well as some kind of ca- cloud-based storage is oh, really good. I th- And most of, most of like your phones and even the Windows, I mean, they do that cloud. Yeah. They, what, one storage, I think it's called? OneDrive for, or, I think that's Google, and then... Uh, Wow, why am I drawing a blank? Yeah, I don't I, know. I just drew a blank too. I, I, I go with the, since I use Apple on my phone, I go with their uh, uh, Apple I, software, iCloud. iCloud. Yep, so I have all my iPhotos. So that's really nifty as well. Yeah, any picture that I take mm-hmm. on my phone, I just go to my computer. And since I have them synced together, I just automatically get the photos to my computer. So, and they're super high quality, like they would be as if they were on my phone. So, and I think I got like Amazon, they've got photo, a photo thing. Mine sync up to that as well. Yeah. So I've and got it a couple places. I actually go through the manual, uh, the manual procedure sure. of I have an external drive that I keep unplugged that uh, at least once a year, sometimes twice a year, I will plug in and I'll plug into my computer. And not only will I transfer, will I back up all of my information to this four terabyte, it is a hard disk drive because big amounts of storage on solid states is uh, really expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but I will also verify the integrity of the files on the drive itself because okay. data does degrade over time. Not only the physical components of the, the drive sure. degrades, but the data itself can slowly degrade. And just with the way software changes over time, you, you want to make sure that anything you're saving 
is up to date and is yeah. still you can still open it. Oh yeah. It would be unfortunate to go and open a photo that you haven't seen in a while and it just says corrupted file and then you have to either pay somebody to resolve that issue or the file is just gone because it is corrupted. Oh. Yeah, and I think you said you had that issue one time where a photo yep. kind of went by the wayside sure and you had to go to another backup to yep, get that photo sure did. back. So I do have several different uh, external drives that I like to back my stuff up for this reason. One of my externals, I tried to open a photo and it gave me sure. corrupted file. So I opened up one of my other externals, opened that photo in that one. It opened perfectly fine. I copied and replaced the one on the previous external and then now it continues to open up. Wow. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure if there's an easy way to test all of my files. I just kind of do a random sporadic test of them. So that's something I could probably look into and just check in the integrity of my files. That's what I automatically. Do. That's what I, I I've done in the past is just kind of check yeah. check those random photos because you, normally if if you know if you find one one bad you might find a few more few more bad yep. so then try to check around that area or. Yep. Whatnot, but yeah, absolutely. So yeah, talking about software failing and degrading. One of the articles you sent me was. Facial recognition on handguns. Oh, yes. yes. There is a company out of Colorado called BioFire Tech that is taking orders for a smart gun enabled with facial recognition technology. That's scary to me. I think it's a a step too far. Oh, absolutely. I am completely on board with a fingerprint reader. I'm totally fine with the owner of the gun having their fingerprint associated with the gun. It does prevent misfires and if somebody steals. Yep. Yeah, somebody steals the gun, or maybe even a kid. Completely useless. Yep. Yep. Or a kid that grabs that gun. Yeah, absolutely. Facial recognition, I think, is a little silly. It almost seems like it's a way to collect biometric data. It seems like it's a step too far yeah. to me because what in the I was telling you off air what in the instances you have triplets or twins, yep. identical ones, and you know. It, it doesn't know the difference. There's no way yeah. it knows the difference. I mean, we've definitely so, seen facial recognition being mistaken before oh, as well. So it's not it's not a 100% verifiable, uh, you know, uh, completely and totally impenetrable way for security. But oh yeah, it's yeah, it's a little crazy to think that they're trying to add software locks. Yeah. To this. All right. Well, we need to take a quick commercial break. The phone lines are open. Two one seven. Six two nine. WFAY, the BLH show. We've got the phone lines open, 217-629-7970. And we were just talking off air about right to repair. A lot of big titles coming in. Uh, Apple, Samsung, uh, John Deere, I think it was. Huge, huge names that have always been hugely opposed to right to repair. Um, And it's mostly software. That's the entire reason. It's security, and I understand the security behind it. I did want to touch a little bit on, I'm going to have to talk to Brian and Leo and see if we will be accepting any smart electronic components of weapons in the future. You know, if you have to dismantle it and bring in the facial recognition component in your handgun, if at all possible, Um, or if that will need, if you were to sell a gun to somebody, if you'll need, you'll have to have somebody like wipe the software on it and re-enable it for the new owner. So uh, that just adds a little bit of, there are some electronics that we can't take 
because of just the way that they are made and the way that uh, some of the components inside of them, smoke detectors, uh, carbon right. monoxide detectors. And that, too, with the smart, back to the smart gun real quick, that, too, with the software, what if that software fails, yeah. you know? And it actually, just, you mentioned in the article that you sent me about this, uh, it did fail to fire twice, and the 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 software uh, people they actually blame it on physical mechanisms of the gun that failed. So they said that the software mm. is fully enabled, it is fully tested, and then it did work moving forward in additional tests. But there was at least twice where it completely failed to fire, and they blamed it on the mechanical aspect of the gun, but if you're in an event where you need a gun and your gun fails to fire because it doesn't recognize your face, I mean, what if... Yeah. Does it just take me throwing mud at your face to render your firearm inefficient? Right, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a whole different subject, you know, there's, there's a lot of political talk that goes into that as well. I'm, I want to talk strictly on the whether or not this is now involving uh, electronic hardware and software that will need to be recycled. So I wonder if we will eventually, even if it's from like a a gun repair shop or something, if we will eventually get the components that need to be taken care of in an appropriate way if this is, if they are housing And it kind of brings up, to, to me, it also brings up another aspect of this. I just got to thinking about who's to stop, you know, some hacker from uploading some software to that gun and making it do things that it shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I mean... Now you're opening it up out to a whole whole nother window. We've seen these back doors with Windows 11, Windows 10. That's a great, excellent point. Actually, I didn't think about that. If it is software that is telling the gun whether or not to fire, I mean, I'm sure... I I wonder what it does as far as the trigger, if if it stops the trigger from firing or if there is a way to force software into the gun that would force its firing mechanism to activate. Right, absolutely. And you, and, and if it would activate, you know, you had it in your pocket, just starts randomly going off because the software got hacked. Yeah, And I mean, it I says to just start shooting yeah. after 15, 20 minutes after it felt that it was in a pocket. You well, know? that gets rid of the <laughs> argument of guns don't shoot people. Right, yeah, guns absolutely. Guns do if they get hacked, yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> Uh, right to repair oh, has yeah, always been a huge proponent of ours, and this right to repair that just recently passed, it, I don't want to say that it harms our business, but it reduces the amount of electronic waste out in there, and that is a huge proponent of our business. Right. We are very much on board with right to, right to repair because it's just the right thing to do for the general majority oh, of people, absolutely. even if it means less electronic waste for us. I mean, our job is to make sure electronic waste doesn't end up in in inappropriate areas so that it does help us in the long run. Um, But John Deere, uh, the the mayor of Colorado recently signed a bill which passed through the House and the Senate so it is officially Mm. a law as far as right to repair. John Deere specifically has to offer officially licensed parts, documentation, uh, software was one of the biggest things that I saw because that is where Mm. that is a huge component in this right to repair is if you can purchase these parts, you replace the screen in your phone, but your phone does not work even though the components themselves are completely and totally fine. Everything works about it. Software says, no, that's not an official Apple product, so I cannot use it. 
Right, and we've we've seen that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why that's why you can't do some a lot of Apple products yep. or even I think Samsung products. Am I yeah. correct on saying yeah. that? Uh, okay. Well, no, actually, Samsung oh. products do not serialize like that. And okay. that was one thing I found out from this article that uh, Brian and Leo actually shared with me because uh, our entire industry is talking about this. This is a huge thing, sure. right? To repair is massive, um, and that that's independent of the John Deere discussion. Sure. Uh, Farmers have been stuck in their fields for weeks at a time with hardware machinery that most of it works and they can buy a component and they can replace it, but it is software lock. Right. They need to have somebody either come out to their field or take this machine somewhere to have somebody simply hook up a device and punch in some numbers and say, yep, this works with it. So that is actually one of these huge right to repair things is that that software, that authentication service needs to be available to uh, oh, yeah. anybody who can purchase these parts, as a matter of fact. It doesn't say, it actually spe- it has language in there that specifically says that it do- these do not have to be authorized John Deere repair sure. centers. So it can be just your local, you know, your local repair shop. Right. Th- your local, yeah. gives the general person huge access to being able to repair these. I mean, farm yeah. machinery is like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. It is oh, incredibly, yeah. incredibly important. Um, yeah, and a, and a lot of farmers, they don't buy, always buy like the latest or the new stuff. Yep. They buy stuff that's a little, a few few years older yeah. because of the, the cost of this. Yep. So and if when that you, company decides to stop supporting those older components, even right. if those older components have Still been work. tested and perfectly work fine, Apple is one of the worst offenders in this. They constantly do planned obsolescence. Oh, yeah. You may have a MacBook that is five years old and everything works perfectly fine in it, but Apple says, nope, nope. we will not they've, give software yeah. updates to it. It is completely and totally dead. Yeah, they've they've made that call. They say, you know, we're, we're only supporting this for five years, so then you got to go out and buy a new device just to keep, you know, to work or yep. do whatever you need. Whereas one of the other articles you sent me was uh, the last major Windows 10 update. Oh, yes. They Windows have officially 10. announced for certain that October 14th of 2025 is the last yes. major is will be the last uh, monthly security update. So they're right. still doing secu- monthly security updates. They're not doing the quarterly major right. Windows updates anymore. They are trying to push people onto Windows 10. Or but, Windows 11. Or sorry, yeah, Windows 11. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, not problem. My at-home gaming desktop can run Windows 11. My laptop cannot run Windows 11. My Surface cannot run Windows 11. So if they, so if we hit October 14th of 25 and they have not changed any of the features for this, and I'm talking specifically about the requirements for the processor, I, two of my devices will be no longer secure. Right. They'll be completely and totally not supported anymore. Even if they're functioning perfectly, physically fine, there's nothing wrong with the hardware inside of them. I mean, the laptop I'm talking about is a uh, seven, 78 something. It's a 7th Gen i7 with two NVMe slots and two sticks of DDR4 RAM. DDR4, DDR5 is the latest, but DDR4 is still right. I'm very Everything common. Everything works great, yeah. Everything works great. It's fast. It does it. It does what you need to do. There's yep. nothing wrong with it other than they say they're not going to support yep. it. All of these devices I'm talking about have a TPM chip installed in them, but because the requirements for the processor are higher than the two that I have, they'll just be rendered useless. All right, well, we need to take a quick commercial break. Phone lines are open, 217-629.
Let's talk computers and internet with BLH Computers on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Welcome back to 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk with the BLH Show. And the right to repair, uh, we wanted to talk about, too, uh, we were talking about off-air, the Apple versus Samsung yeah. deals. And, wow, it's, it's so so different, Apple's approach versus Samsung's yep. approach on this and how much that really Apple wants you to buy. We were talking about Apple wants you to buy a new phone is really what Pretty they much, want you yeah. to do. Or they, the or they want to be the people to repair it. They do not They do not want you repairing it yourself. Uh, real quick, I did want to bring up, oh. I thought it was real funny in the John Deere article that uh, the language specifically mentions that these parts need to be available for wheelchairs as well. And I just oh. thought it was interesting that they mentioned wheelchairs specifically that people would be running into issues where a component on their wheelchair breaks, they buy a part to replace it, and it's software locked. You have to oh. have an authorized, certified so-and-so come out to your wheelchair or take your wheelchair somewhere. And just if if you're in a wheelchair, that sounds like such a nightmare to deal with. That yeah, I, I can imagine. imagine having that mm, people my- would even implement software restrictions on wheelchairs in the first place is just oh, that goodness. yeah because i mean and if the, if you have to go somewhere or somebody has to come out you're stuck yeah, i mean literally. if it, yep yeah yep. i so couldn't imagine back that back to the apple oh. and samsung uh they have both uh, released their official re- uh repair ability for their devices uh they are offering repairability on a wide range of devices neither of them are offering it on their flagships so their latest and greatest most up to date models you'll still unfortunately have to send that out oh. to get it repaired and and i have one of those i have the ultra 23 Plus. Plus, yep. uh, and so uh, yeah, I've got a 12 Pro, so it is on this. It is on this list, so I would be able to repair it myself now uh, because of the right to repair that went through that was passed between April and March or March and April. Um, but yeah, the difference in these is staggering. One of the first things that I notice is they both offer the exact same amount of repairability on devices. They both offer nine different devices that can be repaired. That is almost all of Apple's currently working devices besides their 14s and up. And it is only a about, I think, half of what Samsung has currently going. Yeah. Samsung has way more devices. Oh, yeah. They, a lot, a lot of devices. So absolutely. That they give this factor to the uh, Apple because Apple allows you to repair most of theirs. Um, one of the differences is the cost of the screen alone by itself. If you wanted to purchase the Apple phone screen, uh, so the display bundle costs three hundred and eleven and ninety six dollars, but you have to rent the tools for the device for forty nine dollars a week. So that three hundred and eleven, it comes with a uh, the the screen and some tools, but then you also have to rent these. It's it's probably going to be the uh, some kind of opener, something that loosens the glue because that's something oh, that's usually yeah. done, some kind of heating element or something that would get you to open it. Um, and you have to rent that. You it, It's $49 a week to rent it, but Whoa. they also put a $931 hold on your account. What? And that is in the event you don't send these tools back. So these tools are worth roughly $1,000. They mail them to you. They put a hold on your account, and then when you mail them back, you get that am- money amount of money back. You also can get a little bit more if you mail them the iFixit toolkit that they send with you. But 
I couldn't. Ima- I couldn't imagine. I mean, that right there. That right there is telling you it's hey, inaccessible. You, yeah, it's inaccessible. We want you to buy a new phone. Yeah. End of story. We just you you yep. broke your phone. We want you to buy a new phone. So Don't me, even try. With my 12 Pro, break my screen. Need to have it repaired. I am fully capable of repairing this phone by myself. Obviously, where I work, uh, I need thirteen hundred dollars. In my bank account in order to purchase a $300 phone screen. And then after, I don't know how long, however long it's going to take for them to mail me the device, the components, mail them back to them, authenticate my account. What happens if the components get lost in the mail somewhere? What happens if they show up and they claim they're damaged or they just for whatever reason, they decide not to give me this full deposit back? And then, and on the process of all this going on, you don't have a phone to use. You don't yep, have a way exactly. to communicate. Yep. So you're in the dark from the rest of the world. Yep. And what are you supposed to do? And that really is one of the biggest arguments on all of this. If it takes a month to repair my phone, like you just said, I'm in the dark for that entire time. I might be able to get on the internet from my other computer, from my you know my tablets. Right. I might be able to access, like we were just talking a little bit about iMessage being available, or I don't on, think we yeah. spoke of it yet. But, we we uh, hadn't spoke of it, but yeah, <laughs> iMessages on 11, yeah. right, available. So I can do some stuff, but... Uh, another one of the articles you sent me is the Google Authenticator app. Right. And if I had installed the Google Authenticator app on my phone, which previously the Authenticator keys were stored in that app, right. if my screen is broken and I can't access my phone, or if I lose my phone, I can't access my Google account because my Authenticator keys are stuck on the phone, right. which I can't access, I can't use for however long until it takes me to get it repaired. And I mean, most of my bank stuff is also attached to my phone. So if I were to buy a screen, bring it up on my phone, go to the yeah. iFixit website. My information is already logged in. Oh, I yeah. can just click. If and I were to have to go to my computer and do this, the steps to do that are just much more. Right, because we rely we rely on our phones so much. We yep. rely on that, that QR code, yep. QR reader, to make things easier in our lives. But we don't think about, too, the, the effect of that. If something happens, it breaks. Yep. It makes it harder to do things. Plus, as, I go to my computer, I log into iFixit, it asks me for my two-factor authentication, which I have on almost anything, especially if it's linked to my credit card. Right. So it'll and send a text to, message to my phone. Yeah. And that goes to your phone. Yep. You, just, multi-factor is the way to go, so I can have it go to di- many different other things. Typically, I can have it go to my Gmail account, so I would just open my Gmail account, and at that point, I could right. authenticate it as well. But it's just uh, most things are sent to my phone. Wow. So yeah. that's Apple's version of it. Samsung's version of it is it's like $250, I think. It's way it's less. It's $239.99 for, their, for the S22, so the, uh, the top model that they will allow you to repair. Because I think the S23s are the... Yeah, I've got yeah, the 23. So the 23. S22 is the top model they'll allow you to repair. It's $239.99 for the ultra screen and battery fix kit. Wow. So it comes with the digitizer, the display, it comes with a battery, it comes with a front frame and bezel, the side button covers, and internal switches, eye opener heating pad, a set of tools, a spludger, uh, let's see, the suction handles, a pair of angled tweezers, the uh, iFixit precision bit driver, which oh, yeah. those are the, the toolkits we use at BLH. Those are fantastic. Those are awesome. Wonderful for fixing electronics. So if you buy a component to fix your Samsung, you get a toolkit that you can use to repair other electronics. That's awesome. And it's a great piece of equipment as well. And it... You don't have to send any of it back. There's no $1,000 lock on your 
device. One of the major, 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 major differences between both of these are, for me with an iPhone user, if I break my screen and I want to buy the, a screen, I have to go to Apple's website. I have to put the serial number for my device in, and then they will only sell me components for that serial model number. Okay. And the reason they do that is because everything's serialized. So when sure. I say, yes, put in cart, pay for it, bought this item, they take the screen out of their inventory and they have to serialize it. They have to link its serial number to yeah. the, the device that they're sending me, and then they mail it to me. And when I plug it in, I hope that they didn't accidentally well, hit a key in a wrong spot somewhere. And what happens, too, is how do they find your? How do you find your serial number yep. now that your screen's broken? Because yep. normally the serial numbers are only available if you go in your help menu about the phone, and you can look at your serial Serial number that way. You can typically I, find it on the box or if you kept that sort of stuff, well, but not every, the, yep. I will say, who keeps the boxes? I mean, most of us, <laughs> we get rid of that a, a couple I'm days after. One of those weirdos. I keep all my box well, components. I, 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 do, I do personally, but I know a lot of <laughs> lot of people, they buy new yep. new stuff. If it's working after about a week, week and a half, it just out takes the door. some space. Yeah, yeah it, takes, it some, yep. takes some space. They don't want that clutter. And At that point, I think you would have to go either online or to one of the local stores like AT&T or Verizon, wherever you get your service from, and sure. go, hey, my phone broke. I need to try and get the serial number simply so I can purchase a part to fix it. Right. So Apple has to take that serial number, type it into the component, make sure that the software yeah. in the component will work with my phone so that when I send it to me, if they got that wrong or if I didn't go through those steps, when I attach this perfectly working device or component to my device. Oh. It just says, nope, I can't read this. It doesn't work. Whereas Samsung, they do not have software lock in any way, shape, or form. I can go to Samsung's website or I fix it and I could purchase any number of batteries, any number of screens, any number of anything for Samsung devices. And they'll just let me purchase them and they will work with any of these devices that I plug them into. Well, and that's the way it should be. It should be. Yeah. It should let you work with anything. Yeah. You shouldn't have to be every be serialized like yep. that and I, I i think to me that that's just like again apple just saying hey uh we want to control everything yep. is what it what it is really the final cherry on top oh. the absolute nail in the coffin <laughs> for this right here is if you repair one of these models of iphones by yourself it does void your warranty and no longer has any kind of manufacturer warranty samsung offers a manufacturer warranty up to 90 days after you repair a component in your own device wow yeah i think that is it says in the article you sent me that it is of course a risk yes if i buy a part and i go to repair it and i break a component in it they still will offer a manufacturer warranty that doesn't necessarily mean they'll just pay for it. But I think we got a call coming in here. Hello, you're on 92.7 WMAY, BLH Show. Uh, excellent reason why I never buy anything with an I in the, fr in the front of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I certainly do like the, I like a Apple products, at least to an extent. I am not a fanboy by any means, but I do use Apple products, at least somewhat. I, mean, I love iTunes. Yeah, and I'm I'm yeah. I'm just the opposite. I use mainly Samsung products, other than my iPad. Because only reason I have an iPad because it was cheaper at the time than the the Samsung yep. tablet. But other than that, yeah. I, I try to use Samsung. Well, I know I, I know people who who have i iPhones and that, and I say, you know what the I actually stands for? What? So, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> because, because if you ever buy an iPhone or anything, what happens for the next three months on, on them? 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because it got found no, so they I pushed mean... it so fast. <laughs> There's so many glitches they have to push a bunch of uh, updates on it. I mean, you're you're not wrong. iPhone is constantly coming up with new updates, and I would agree with at least the I means idiot because they do try to make these idiot-proof to a, a big degree. They try and limit the amount you can affect them as much as possible. All right. Well, we need to take a quick – we need to take commercial break, caller. Thank you for your call. Thank you. to 92.7 WMAY. And if you'd like to join the show, the BLH show, 217-629-7970. And I wanted to bring up, apparently Redbox wants to buy the Netflix's uh, DVD business. Um, After 25 years, September, I think 29th is the last day that you can get that red envelope with yep. Netflix DVD. Wow, I can't believe it's been 29 years. Yep, and It seems are, like just yesterday. Yeah, because I, I actually, I remember when they first introduced themselves and I, we were regularly, it was a weekly thing for us to yeah. do. I want to say it was $5 too. It was something like that. It five bucks cheap. a week or five bucks a month. It was very cheap and you could get three or four DVDs at the exact same time. You could get games through it as well. So it was very cool. I, I We use Netflix a lot and then when they went to streaming, we basically just abandoned the DVD yeah. aspect of it because everything's readily available. Well, actually, that's one of the biggest differences is there is not everything on Netflix streaming right. quite that they have in their collection. So some things, if you go and search for on Netflix, they might sh- at least show you details and like pictures of and stuff, but you have to order the DVD in order to watch it. Um the DVD aspect, it makes up 0.5% of their total revenue, so an extremely small part of their revenue that they've been supporting for a long time, which is very cool. Uh, I guess Redbox has offered to purchase this, all their collection of DVDs, as well as uh, just the yeah. ability to, to yeah. sell them, because Redbox, I guess, still does plenty of Yeah, I, I, that, surpri- that surprises me, because most people that I know, they've all gone to the streaming yeah. aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Not many people I know do the DVDs, just like, you know, back in the day, the CDs, when CDs became popular and your vinyls and your your record players kind of went out. And now it seems like the market shift now, vinyls are what make up sell more i mean yeah. you have metallica bought a factory that create yeah. create vital it's funny that I yeah did. things are circular like that yeah. where the records Every, fall off and then before too long they become vintage so they get brought back up and super popular again and we'll see if cds and dvds if eventually this unopened package of blank cds or blank dvds will sell for 10 million dollars because it's the only one that you know is still unopened in the world and it's the gold standard of blah 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 and it's just it's it just amazing is be how everything old is new again yeah. kind of that technology you yeah. know you and sometimes sometimes going vintage though to me is kind of a breath of fresh air because yeah, it's a big selling point yep. it's, it's a huge selling point because you're not connected everything nowadays is connected yeah and sometimes you just want to not be connected it's funny that you mentioned those two things because both of those are at opposite ends of each other right but one of the articles you sent me was this Nintendo cartridge oh yeah that a company made which was a D make version of Super Smash Brothers is what they're calling it, which is you take a video game and you 
pixelated, essentially. You, right. you, you lower the quality to the point of the old pixelated 8-bit, 64-bit video games that they used to play. So this is just a side-by-side right. battle fighter game that none of the characters look like any of Nintendo's intellectual property. So we'll see how... It, Nintendo is extremely protective of oh, their yeah. IP, so I, just yeah. calling it Super Tilt Bro might yeah. be enough for them to sue you. We'll see. Uh, because they'll, they'll even though the Nintendo, you know, we haven't made that for what thirty. 30 years, I think 95 was the last game that ever was made for the Nintendo or the NES. Something like that. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it, it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah. But, you know, so it, it, they'll still sue. They'll they'll protect, yep. like you just said, their, their property. To an and, extreme degree. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's a Nintendo cartridge this person made that has a Wi-Fi-enabled oh, chip inside right. of it. So it's funny that it's a very old piece of technology that they have updated and added a new component to, to where you plug in your Super Nintendo and go to play it, and you can connect to the Wi-Fi. Right. And I, just stuff I mean, like this always makes me think about security and everything. Oh, yeah. And we talk about the fish tank at the the Vegas oh, yeah. casino. If yeah, I were to monitor. take this to the Super Nintendo at our, it's actually a regular Nintendo. This is a regular Nintendo, yeah. not Super Nintendo. If I were to take this to the regular Nintendo at the Illinois State Museum that BLH has put up their display of vintage things, if I plug this in and I connect to their Wi-Fi, I wonder if there's any kind of security issues that would be with that or not. Ooh. Maybe we should get one of these just to try it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because that's the, I mean, to me, that was the beauty of Nintendo. You yep. weren't plugged in. And and going to that Illinois State Museum and you're on that 80s couch, it just, it brought back so many memories. So why would I want to hook that up to a Gosh. Wi-Fi to play online? You know, that's. Yeah, because that's like the a, caller actually just said, a lot of the issue with a lot of things nowadays is you purchase something and one of the very first things you have to do is update. Yes. Update, 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 update. We talk about if you buy video games for your kids for Christmas oh. or their birthdays, open it, put it in the console, download any updates. You might actually open a physical oh, yeah. a physical uh, video game case, find out there's no physical video game inside of it except for a code that says you have a 120 gigabyte download that needs that you need to right. download before this game is you have a physical you have a physical case for a video game that you bought a physical copy of for a digital download Which and if you don't have internet service right. why that's that might have been the reason why you purchased a physical copy right, because absolutely. you don't have internet service right you, you, you might live out in a farm a good a good example is a farm a lot of the yeah. farm farm areas they don't have internet they struggle with this it's a big another big topic not really probably for this show but they don't have that internet so they need the physical yep the just physical those one copies. two three gig downloads that you would need. They can't play those games. There are plenty of games who require online right. access, even if they are single-player video games. And if you don't have internet, you literally cannot play a single-player right. video game because it needs to connect to the internet. Wow. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention when you were talking about uh, records oh, and sure. CDs coming oh, yeah. out, uh, I think when music went digital and they started offering digital sales of music oh, yeah. online, I would be interested to know if CD sales dropped off dramatically due to that. Oh, so like when Netflix, when they went streaming, their DVD business probably just plummeted. Oh, yeah. um, 
instead of having to go- drive to the store, purchase an entire album, $15, $20 for that one song that I may want of this one band, I can just go online and spend a dollar 99 cents to purchase the one song or 15 right. bucks if I want the entire album. Right. And most people, I think when, when that started happening, a lot of my friends at the time, they would they liked that one song, but they not necessarily yep. liked the whole album. Yep. So to them, that was a great way just to get get music that they liked. Yeah, you don't want to drive to a store, purchase an entire album just for that one song. Right. But if uh, CDs are your only option, then that's what you have to do. Uh, right. So when they started offering digital sales, I bet... CD sales dropped pretty dramatically. All right. Well, how do they get a hold of you? You can come out and see me at uh, 1832 Stevenson Drive. We will be there until 5 p.m. today. Our Taylorville location at 123 West Main Cross is closed today. Our Jacksonville location at 418 South Main is open until 5 p.m. Dave, I need 426, 426 South Main. Uh, yeah, I'll get it close. Days, All right. We got this. You didn't even give me a, a head nod or a head <laughs> I shake know, or anything. I I just, like, no. You just made me nervous. But, no. All right. Uh,